Hello, everybody. Welcome back to In My Non-Expert Opinion. I'm your host, Chelsea Reif, and this podcast covers lifestyle, travel, mindset, manifestation, and entrepreneurship. Today, we get deep, deep, deep into the mindset and entrepreneurship piece with a special guest, Vashti Jolie. Vashti and I actually met at a workshop online, so we're internet friends, and we connected, we stayed in touch, and she is like taking over Clubhouse by storm. I mean, I feel like she does a room every single day. She really took advantage of that platform and using her voice, and I thought it was so interesting how she took a new platform and really crafted it to be an extension of her and her brand. So we talk about that, we talk about entrepreneurship, we talk about spirituality, We really go all into it today. So if you are interested in learning more about Vashti and her company, 7th Crown Wellness, check her out at her Instagram page, 7th Crown Wellness. She does soul strategy. She does card readings, intuitive business readings. And we actually talk about that today in being multi-passionate and trying to narrow your focus down into one thing when you are multi-passionate. It's not easy, right? Like I have this podcast. I want to make a card deck. I like to lead guided meditations. I like to coach. I like to teach. I like to do everything. So Vashti and I have a whole conversation around what to do when you are multi-passionate and really finding what works best for you. So she really gets into her whole entrepreneurial journey and how she ended up with 7th Crown Wellness, where she got the name and how she really owns her spiritual gifts to guide her clients. So I'm obsessed with this episode. I hope you are too. And if so, we would love a review. You can do that on iTunes. Just scroll down to where my show is and then hit write a review. And I have a surprise if you write a review and you screenshot it and send it to me either to my Instagram at Chelsea Rife or my email info at ChelseaRife.com, I will send you a guided meditation. Now, I don't mean to brag or anything, but my guided meditations are definitely one of my zones of genius. Every time I do a meditation session with a client, they feel a breakthrough, they feel transformed, they feel at peace. And I really do think that it is something that can absolutely help you, whether you want to kick off your morning meditation or use it as a sleep meditation before you go to bed and really get into that subconscious mind. You will get this completely free if you send a screenshot of your review. Now, make sure you do this before you submit it to iTunes because iTunes has a mind of its own. I don't really understand why it doesn't immediately just show up on the reviews. So make sure you screenshot it before you submit it. And then once I see it come through, I will send it. I will send you the guided meditation. So reviews are really so, so appreciated. They're a way to help visibility with the podcast. And you all know my love language is words of affirmation. So I can't complain when they come through. Now, speaking of love languages and words of affirmation, my masterclass lover is kicking off Thursday, February 11th, 5 to 7 p.m. EST. So if you're listening to this, it is going to drop basically tonight. There are still a few spots left and you can head to the link in my bio on Instagram or DM me or shoot me an email. This is a two hour masterclass all about enhancing your love life or getting into love within yourself. So if you're having a struggle with dating or you don't know where to start or you're in a relationship and you want to enhance it, we're going to be covering all of that. We're going through the love languages, boundaries, expressing your desires, mapping out what your ideal love story looks like and writing a forgiveness letter to your past. 
So it's really going to be transformative. I definitely blocked out two hours for a reason. We are going to do Q&A. It's going to be extremely interactive and it's just going to be transformative when it comes to love, self-love and enhancing your current love life. So again, Lover 5 to 7 p.m. EST on February 11th. That's a Thursday. So this will air in the morning on Thursday. So if you want to grab a ticket, be sure to head to the link in my bio and snag one before we kick off. All right, without further ado, let's jump into this episode with Vashti Jolie. You are in for a treat today. Vashti Jolie is here joining us. Vashti, we met on a an online experience called the Spiritual Bad Bitch Business Upgrade. And <laughs> somehow we've stayed in touch. We've done clubhouse rooms together now. And I've been following your content. And I'm like, this girl is on absolute fire. I need to have her on the podcast. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I am so excited as well. And you know what my first question always is, is what do you do? But I know recently you actually posted something (laughs) about titles. So can you Mm -hmm. walk us through what you do and the whole concept around not fitting into a title or a label? Yeah. So for a long time, I would consider myself a healer, like quote unquote, a healer, because that's what most people who do the work that I do associate, um, with that profession, if that makes sense. So, um, I would call myself a healer or, um, a Reiki master or an ICF certified life coach. There was all of these things that I did, but I came to the realization that these are all tools and techniques and modalities, um, that I utilize. And those aren't me. And I'm in a space right now where, I don't really have a title, which I mean, in business, a lot of people, especially, you know, what we do, it's like niche down, you got to find your niche, you got to, you know, put a label on it so people can find you. And I just, again, I'm in a space right now where that doesn't feel, that doesn't feel authentic to, to me and what it is that I do. Because if I say I do one thing or I am one thing, it kind of discredits everything else. <laughs> that I do. So I, I like to keep, keep it an open book, if that makes sense. Oh my gosh. Makes total sense. You're multi-passionate. You have multiple Mm -hmm. gifts. So like you said, why niche down and pick one? And then people might want to be like, well, I want life coaching. And then you're like, well, actually I do offer life coaching, but I called myself a Reiki master. So yeah, it's like, Mm. how do you actually appeal to all these titles if you have to only put one title on yourself? So that's something I am struggling with as well. I I just posted about it today too, where I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm a coach, I'm a podcaster, I create digital content. Like, I don't know what to call myself. So I actually saw your stories that you're really starting to refine your business. What is going on behind the scenes over at Seventh Crown? So, um, you know, again, I am multi-passionate. I do a lot. And when I say a lot, I mean, from intuitive business and career advising to um, corporate wellness to quote unquote healing to coaching, all of these things. And, you know, underneath each of those umbrellas, there's like a hundred different things that you can do. Right. So I felt like I utilize everything that I offer to the people who work with me and the people that I hold space for, I have utilized those myself for my own healing. Right. So 
to me, it would make sense to be able to present that to somebody in that way where we utilize and we play with and we explore all of these different modalities and all of these different techniques and all of these different tools based on how your energy shows up that day and what it is that you're looking for. And we're, you know, as humans in a constant state of evolution. So that's going to require different tools and techniques at different times. So instead of offering a bajillion different things, which is exactly what I did, I was doing card readings, I was doing one-on-one coaching, I was doing Reiki certification. So now I know that people come to me to transform. People come to me because they want a shift. People come to me for things beyond healing, right? Like everything doesn't need to be fixed. Everything doesn't need to be healed. Some people want to grow. Some people want to ascend. Some people want to expand. So I want to be able to offer everything in a way that, uh, doesn't, how do I want to say it? Doesn't spread me too thin with having to, uh, perform each one of those services. And I know it sounds kind of crazy and all over the place right now, but essentially it is taking all of the things that I know how to do all of the things that I've utilized for my own, you know, expansion and ascension and all of the things that, uh, I've been taught and experienced and offering that in one service. And again, we're not going to do a million different things in your, um, in your session, but what we are going to do is look at where you are right now. We're going to look at your past, your present, and your future. Then we're going to go into the tool, the tool bag, figure out what it is that we need to utilize based on that information and then go from there. So that's kind of wrapped up in a little bow. Again, it's a little all over the place and it's something that I've utilized always, you know, somebody comes to me for coaching, you better trust and believe we're doing energy work. You better trust and believe we're doing, you know what I mean? I'm going to channel a message and vice versa. Because I think a lot of times too, in the spiritual world, at least with my experience early on, you know, when I was a teenager and in my twenties, when I first um, really started to study and explore spirituality as a tool and, um, as a means to amplify my own gifts. Um, it was very much, you know, here's all this esoteric information. Thank you. Have a great day. And it's like, okay, but we live in like a 3d world in America. Like how do I apply this information to my job? How do I apply this information to my relationship? How do I apply? So I think it's, you know, a beautiful synergy of both sides like that 5d esoteric you know other realm with the world that we live in and I feel like you need both and that's what I want to do is provide both and leave people feeling whole when they leave wow I absolutely love that because you are truly owning your gifts packaging them up into a session that people don't need to figure out for themselves that they need to use. But to your point, Mm. calling it a tool bag, I love that. Like dipping into the toolkit that you know you have access to because you've studied it, you've mastered it, you embody it, and then just channeling what needs to come through for that specific person instead of just slapping a, you know, one size fits all for me. 
So that's really, really cool because it's really inspiring because I, I've been struggling with this where I'm like, what do I do in my sessions? Like you said, we're going to do energy work. We're doing meditation. We're doing visualization. We're actually doing mm. some dialogue and journaling. So it's like, what do you call that? Because there's so many um, ambiguous terms used now and everybody's making up their own titles that, yeah, it can be hard to figure out, well, what do you actually offer? And for you, it's like, <laughs> I'm owning all my gifts and you are going to get them and I'm not hiding them. And that's something I really would love to talk about because you posted something on your Instagram, which I'm sure went viral about like, what I'm not going to do is hide my gifts to be more palatable in 2021. I want to talk about your gifts and how you discovered them. Can you take us back to the first moment where you realized, wow, I truly have something different that I can feel? Yeah. I mean, we can go all the way back. Let's do it. <laughs> like to my past life in Egypt. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, no, it was when I was a young kid, probably, you know, four or five. And um, I would, I would hear stuff and I would sense stuff. And being that young and clearly not knowing anything about energy or spirituality or you know, things like that, it would freak me out. And I never talked about it. I, I suffered from sleep paralysis and I still do. And so that would freak me out. It was just all, it felt bad at the time. So I never really talked about it, never explored it until I was a teenager, probably like when did the craft come out? <laughs> that was oh, my spiritual awakening. <laughs> I didn't even watch that. Oh my God. So yeah, that movie came out and it was like, oh, so that's what I've been doing this whole time. But um, yeah, I, I started to explore what it was that I was feeling and sensing and seeing my dreams, um, things like that. And I, I came to realize that I was clairsentient and a precognitive channel. And um, I guess you could say a psychic medium. Um, I was able to sense people's energies. I was able to just know things. Um, I would have dreams. And, um, you know, two or three days later, that dream would become a reality. And so, you know, same thing. Um, found that stuff out for myself. Didn't share it with anybody. No one maybe a couple of my friends when we would play like with the Ouija board and, you know, that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't think anything of it and, um, carried it with me throughout the rest of my teens and my twenties, got into my professional career. Uh, I was a hair, a celebrity hair makeup artist for a while and then got into, um, salon and spa management. And it's so interesting to look back because, um, I was always known for picking the best people and creating the best teams always. And it's funny because people would ask me like, how do you do that? Like I would speak, you know, the company that I work for, I would travel around the U United States and talk to different managers and executives and things like that about how I was able to create these amazing teams and find these amazing people. And it was all energy. I can't tell you one resume like I read, maybe to get their name or as it came through, but 
or a formal interview. You can ask most of the people who have ever worked for me. Our, our interview is more of a like, Hey, what's up? you know, conversation. I, I just know when I meet somebody, I know because I can sense energy in such a strong way. And so, um, you know, in doing that, getting deeper, playing on the side, um, after hours, you know, after work and doing energy work and things like that. And, um, then finally within the past few years, finally stepping into it full time as my profession. And it's been amazing. Wow. 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 I'm loving that you are not using the formal hiring process. You're like, no, we're just going to do a vibe check and see Mm -hmm. what happens. I love that because so many people overlook that and then they get stuck with people that they're like, yeah, the energy is off. And it's like, yeah, just because they have the resume doesn't mean the energy was there. So you're really bringing a modern approach to recruiting and hiring, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. So then you start seventh crown. Was that your very Mm -hmm. first business or what did it start as something else? No, no, it was not. So I, I always had a very entrepreneurial spirit. I mean, again, as a young kid, I was like selling stuff all the time. I was always hustling in high school. I was the girl who did like hair and nails and makeup for the dances Um, when I was a hair and makeup artist, I was, you know, I was independent entrepreneur, had my own, own thing, then started working in salons. And, um, even as a manager managing millions of dollars in revenue, I still had that entrepreneurial spirit. Like, this is my business. This is what I'm responsible for. But when I decided to fully step into being an entrepreneur, my first business, so I stepped out, I stepped away and I became a salon and spa consultant. I, um, I started my own company, the Jolie group and worked with different salons and spas throughout the United States, Canada, Mexico, kind of building their teams, um, building their systems and operations, like all the corporate shit, you know, doing all that stuff. And I'm like, this still isn't it. This isn't it. Like, I know why I'm here. I know what my purpose is. I know what I'm supposed to be doing. So then probably a year or so after starting that, I, you know, I, it was like, I woke up one morning and I'm like, no, I'm done. I'm like Jolie group is no more seventh crown wellness. Well, at the time it was called, uh, the seventh crown. Um, this is what I'm going to do. And then I went from still being in corporate, very, um, you know, grounded work to the complete other side where I was just completely esoteric 5d doing energy work all day. And, um, it was amazing. And then something crazy happened and, um, I got called back to, my, the last company that I worked for before I left to go out on my own. And something told me, you need to take that job. Of course, I I listened to my intuition. I've had enough experience at this point. It's like, you need to go back to this job. And I, of course I questioned it and I'm like, what the heck? Like I'm, I'm walking in my purpose. I'm doing what I'm supposed, like why I was sent here. Why are you telling me to go back to my, my old job. It, it didn't make sense. I was like, I know I, I need to do it. Cause again, it wasn't money. It wasn't, you know, there was nothing wrong, but 
I went back and literally a month after I went back, my brother got sick and, um, he was sick for about, um, a year before he passed away. And had I not taken that job and the emotional, spiritual, mental, physical toll that, you know, dealing with his decline and all the emotions that come with that and the emotions that come with, um, you know, knowing that somebody's going to transition and hadn't really have it, excuse me, I hadn't really dealt with death in that way. So close to home, you know what I mean? So, um, had I not taken that job, would I have been of service to the people that I wanted to serve? Cause I needed to heal. I needed, you know, space because honestly, like running a business, like a corporate business, a salon as well, I can do that with my eyes closed. Like it takes me no effort whatsoever. And I know that sounds cocky or conceited, but in comparison to what it is that I do now and the space that I hold and things like that, it was, it was easy for me. And there wasn't a lot of emotional tax that came with it. So I, um, I, Went back to work, was there. My brother uh, passed away in, he passed away June 1st of last year. And, um, you know, shortly after that, after I took some time to grieve, and I'm still grieving, it's still a process, but after I took time to, you know, get, get where I needed to be to start seeing people again, I left my job and came back to Seventh Crown Wellness. And here we are. Wow. Thank you so much for opening up and sharing more of your story. And I'm sorry to hear about your loss. And I'm actually curious with your gifts. Do you feel like he's with you and gives you signs? Like I would love to Oh my God, yes. (laughs) Yeah. What happens beyond, I want to hear it from a psychic medium herself, because a lot of people don't believe that this is a thing Mm -hmm. and you're here to talk about how it is. So can you walk us through, you know, what happened after in this? Yeah. So it was interesting because the way, the way that, um, it happened again, it was very, um, it was very taxing because it was a steady decline. What had happened was he was attacked and um, he had severe brain damage and the doctors had to remove half of his brain. And they removed um, the frontal lobe, which is like your personality, who you are. And so that part was gone. So it was interesting to deal with that and kind of wrap my head around is he still here? Is he, is his physical body still, you know, just performing the duties that it knows how to do, but his, his spirit has left. So that's something that I kind of struggled with. And then when he finally transitioned, um, it obviously being a spiritual person, it, completely changed my perspective on death and reincarnation and transition. And as far as how we connect now, he shows up all the time. The number 33 is a very special number to me. And to oh my him, gosh, it was wait. his. 
Vashi, yeah. you just said that, and it's three thirty where I am. I just <gasps> got chills. See, he's here. See, he's so he crazy. pops up. <laughs> he's here. Um, but it was his football number. He was a star football player. Um, he was 33 when he passed 33 is my life path number 33 is when I had my, um, I guess spiritual awakening. It's like when I started the seventh crown. Um, so 33 is a very special number. And so I would see that number all the time. He comes to me in dreams all the time. Um, he's one of my guides now, which is beautiful. So whenever I do work, um, and to anybody who works with spirit guides, um, I call on a few people, um, and he's one of them. So I'll call him into my space when I'm doing work to, um, kind of just oversee and guide me a little bit. And it's been, um, it's been really cool. So it's, um, again, it's still hard to not have your brother here, um, physically, but, um, being able to build this connection with him and experience him in a different way has been amazing. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I can't get over that. The clock it's about to turn three thirty-three, right. When we're talking about him. So he's like, I'm here. What's up. Can I join mm-hmm. the podcast? That's insane. Yeah. And like you said, it, <laughs> it must be hard because at the end of the day, what you were saying earlier, we're still human beings. We have human mm-hmm. feelings And I think a lot of people think, oh, well, if you're spiritual, you must not deal with all these hard negative feelings. And there's this really big misconception I feel like going on that spirituality and like living in this higher consciousness means you're living on uh, rainbows and butterflies and you don't understand Mm -hmm. how the world is operating. I'm like, I actually think it's opposite because you're so (laughs) self-aware. You're so self-aware. You're like tapping into your emotions on a daily basis. So, uh, yeah, it is like you said, we're in, we're still in human bodies having human experiences. So of -hmm. course loss is still tough. Yeah. Wow. But, um, I a hundred percent agree with you. It's, um, definitely being spiritual and knowing more, it's been both a good thing. And like you said, it's, it can be, um, like a hindrance knowing so much or being able to feel so much or see things and hear things. And so, I mean, it is what it is, right? I mean, you got to take the good with the bad. And, um, but I ultimately think people stepping into spirituality, um, is definitely always going to be a benefit. And, when we talk about spirituality, at least when I talk about it, I talk about spirituality, not as I feel like people put like spirituality and religion in the same room. Like they sit in different chairs, but it's in the same room. But I look at spirituality as like your spirit. Like who are you as your spirit in getting to know that not getting to know all the shit that you do outside of yourself but getting to know your spirit as an act so yeah that's a really cool definition that I've never heard of it being Mm -hmm. described that way and it's true it's like you're not just getting to know your physical body you're actually Mm -hmm. it's like your essence and who you were meant Mm. to be and all the like you were saying the past lives that get integrated the guides that are coming in there's there's so much that goes into it outside of just thinking you know, light and love and my head lives in the clouds. That's not 
the spirituality mm-hmm. world, you and I are dancing in at all. And yeah, it's something that you, you bring up often. You've been taking clubhouse by storm <laughs> like on it daily moderating rooms, leading the rooms. I'm like, Oh my gosh, she's like miss queen clubhouse. So <laughs> I, I love all the topics you talk about as well. They're all so interesting. And one of them that we did together was about spiritual hygiene and mm. I, know, I know a lot of people in that room where I, what even is that concept? And it's something that I know, especially you with having such deep gifts that you have and feeling things so much, you must be practicing often. So can you talk us through what spiritual hygiene is and what your specific practices are? Sure. So when it comes to spiritual hygiene, it is, it's making sure that I'm doing the things that I need to do to find alignment again in my spirit, period. And some of the things that I do is, um, God, I do so much. And it's funny because a lot of times, you know, when we talk about like spiritual hygiene or spiritual self-care or um, things like that, it's like, well, I sage and I meditate and I do this and I do that when, For me, spiritual hygiene is, again, tapping into my spirit, asking what it is that it needs. I shouldn't say it because I am it, but asking myself what it, what I need and, and listening, truly listening. Because again, a lot of times, um, with spirituality, we are so used to, kind of what's out there as far as like, if you're spiritual, you need to do X, Y, and Z. And that's not always the case. If you're truly spiritual and you have that connection with your higher consciousness, your higher self, the peace that is, you know, an extension of God, divine creator, God, goddess, you know, whatever you refer to it as, then that's what, that's the part that you listen to. Again, spirituality is an inward inward thing. So again, that could be like, okay, I need to go outside and be barefoot and hug a tree. Or it could be like, like I need to go have drinks with my homegirls and have a kiki. And, you know, each of those are going to feed a part of my spirit. You know what I mean? So just being mindful and being in tune with what it is that your soul and your spirit wants, and then acting accordingly if that helps. Oh yeah. So good. Because like you were alluding to earlier, it's not just, oh, I Palo Santo the room and light a candle and do this. It's actually like, sometimes it's having hard conversations with people with spiritual hygiene, like setting a boundary or telling someone like you got to block someone, right? Like that's spiritual hygiene. It's not all like fun things that you go buy at your local, you know, mystical market type of thing. It's really like- No, I'm going to hit this person with a block because this is not, yeah. not uh, good for my aura. So mm-hmm. I get that. I want to quickly yeah. talk about the name seventh crown. Can you walk us through what it means? Yeah. So again, very entrepreneurial spirit and seventh crown. I almost, <laughs> this is so funny. I almost started like a handbag line. Don't ask me why. It was just one of those things. I was like, oh, I'm going to start a purse. 
Yeah, entrepreneur. And, uh, yeah, you know, we get a thousand ideas. We got to act on all of them. But um, so the name that I came up with was the seventh crown. And, um, you know, seventh crown, the seventh chakra is the crown chakra. Um, so that's where the name came from. But it's funny because, yeah, it was actually going to be the name of a handbag line. And um, obviously I didn't move forward with that. And yeah, that's how you know, it became the seventh crown or seventh crown wellness. See, I keep going back and forth. Seventh, seventh crown, crown wellness. wellness. <laughs> Love it. And I feel yeah. you on the, on the entrepreneurship, <laughs> visionary energy. Like my boyfriend's mm-hmm. like, didn't you just have a different idea last week? I'm like, yeah, but that's done now. We're moving on to something else. He's like, right. Mm-hmm. I'm a little mm-hmm. confused. You were so on board with that. And I want to talk about that in entrepreneurship, especially with someone like you who has so many gifts an entrepreneurship background, like you said, managing multi-million dollar budgets, really owning that uh, that level of leadership that you had at your last job, and then shifting into owning your own company. Can you share some early entrepreneurship lessons that you've learned or that you're still navigating? Oh my gosh, yes. It is, it is definitely um, a journey and one that you learn something and gain something and lose something every single day. Um, you know, thinking that I was going to move into this space with the same energy that I had in the corporate world, because I was successful. I did drive a ton of money and a ton of revenue, a ton of profits. So I'm like, well, that, why wouldn't that work over here? Like, duh. you know what I mean? But it doesn't. (laughs) Um, There are certain aspects of being in corporate America and being responsible for, um, you know, that kind of stuff and reports and profit and loss statements and things like that, like the actual structures and operations translate well, I think, into any, you know, entrepreneurial venture, but the energy is completely different. And I know we've talked about this before. I, I led with masculine energy, very mass. I've been masculine my entire life um, since I was a kid. Um, you know, I didn't have a father in the house. So, and I was the oldest of three kids. So I was always the one like, you know, taking care of shit, you know, always had a hundred jobs, things like that. So I've always had very masculine energy. And because it served me well in my career, I looked at it as a benefit. And it was in that moment. And when I moved into running my own company and um, how I presented myself as, you know, because Seventh Crown Wellness is me, right? I don't, it's not like I have a ton of employees and a bunch of people like Seventh Crown Wellness is Vashti Jolie. It's like synonymous. It's one entity. And, um, how I showed up had to shift and I had to kind of tap into my, my feminine energy, especially in this space, um, because it is different. And, um, that's been a huge shift for me. And then once shifting into the feminine, cause that's a whole nother thing. I was the universe. It's obviously the universe always knows it's, three steps ahead of you all the time. So the universe knew that 
I was going to, there was going to be a point in the near future where I needed to step into my feminine energy and allow myself to receive and allow myself to be held and allow myself to surrender and become inviting and seductive. And, you know, it was funny because like, it was like, bam, 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 like all these situations happened where I literally did not have a choice but to surrender, but to allow you know, people to help me, but to receive. And so in doing that, um, I was able to experience that feminine energy and bring it into my business. And now, you know, swinging from one end to the other, now it's like fine tuning that dance between the two, right? Like what is going to, where is it going to serve me best to lead with masculine energy and that inner king and that assertiveness and that decision making and directing where my money is going to go and directing where my energy is going to go and, um, you know, setting boundaries and things like that. And when is my feminine going to serve me best? Is that when I'm being creative? Is that when I am uh, working with my clients and having to be extremely empathic? Is that when I'm putting out content that is more seductive and magnetic than, you know, direct and forceful? So it's been interesting to kind of play between the two and allow the masculine to create the structure and the container that I'm allowed to kind of play and find pleasure within that in my feminine. So I like to say like when I'm working on my business, I'm in my masculine and when I'm working in my business, I'm in my feminine. So that's probably been the biggest um, kind of shift in the way that I do business as compared to to, um, you know, when I was in the corporate world or even when I was, you know, a hair and makeup artist on my own, I led with my masculine even then to like get into the doors that I've been able to get into and stuff. I had to be really forceful and really, you know, driven to do that. So, and that's not to say you can't be driven in your feminine, but I know for a fact that I was in my masculine a lot back in the day. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this resonates on a deep level. I feel like we have very similar backgrounds. I was in advertising sales and doing the same thing, leading with my masculine, making really good money. And like you said, you're like, well, doesn't this just transfer over when you start a business? Like, I'll be able to sell all these high ticket offers and, you know, do the same stuff I was doing. And it's like, you'll have that same drive and that same work ethic. And you'll probably have it even more when it's your own business, because it's truly, like you said, an extension of you. It is you. But then you quickly realize, wait, I'm the accountant, the recruitment team, the social media manager, mm -hmm. the branding manager. Like you're all of a sudden 12 things at once and you're trying to do it all. And you have that fire early on usually to do it all. And then you're like, then you go through this like self-doubt spiral. At least I did where I'm like, what the fuck? Am yes, I doing? of course. <laughs> like, like, you I'm know, like, is this shit even, is it even real? Like, yeah, I have been up and down, up and down so many times. And I think that needs to be normalized more. Cause again, 100%. like with social media, we see like, oh, you know, it's been one year and I'm, you know, six, seven figures and this and that. And it's like, okay, that's great. But like, how do we navigate when, when things aren't good, when we do, when self-doubt does show up, when, 
Um, we don't feel like getting out of bed when it becomes too much, you know, how do we navigate that? And I know, again, for me, that's what I want. I want to work with people on. And that's a, a huge piece of my business because yeah, everything is easy to navigate when you're in the light and when, you know what I mean? Things are, mon the money's flowing in, you're getting client after client after client selling out stuff. But then how do we navigate the other side? Right. Like you said, you, know? you, you lose the biweekly paycheck, the benefits, the 401k, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you become a, a financial advisor where you have to manage your own money. And you're like, wait, mm -hmm. do I really want to do this? And like you said, uh, when I was sick in my old job, I, I had like an allotted amount of sick days where now it's like, well, I'm the face of my brand. Do mm -hmm. I need to rest or do I need to go do a live video or, you know, write one more email? And it can be that fear of falling behind. Like you said, there's this really, I think, harmful message going on in the coaching industry that it's so normal to have like 10K months off the bat. And I'm like, generating 10K in general, like throughout a few months is a really big deal that should be celebrated. So the fact that we're also only celebrating numbers instead of like, Ugh. that are not monetary, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Like, wow, I actually scheduled an email sequence or I got a client to renew with me. Like we're never talking about, or even just like, I actually made it online all five days in a row this week, Monday through Friday. It's like that stuff isn't celebrated and we're constantly hustling to get to the, you know, infamous 10K month, 6K, mm. or not 6K, six figure year, whatever the case is. And I started to feel that pressure where I'm like, am I behind? And people were like, your business is not even a year old. Why were I know. you behind? And to your <laughs> point, it's all up and down. And so I'm curious, like, have, how have you dealt with those ups and downs and what I've heard be addressed as like the upper limit? I mean, it's, it's still something that changes every day. Like as far as how I navigate it and the, and the things that show up for me, because again, with anybody who's in business and that being an extension of them, a lot of times the things in your business bring out parts of you that you either ignored or things that you um, have suppressed. And on the other side, things that you didn't even know were possible, right? Like things that, um, again, for me, um, there's things that I've been able to do that I did not think were possible for myself. And it's been awesome. And I think, um, when it comes to navigating all of that, the things that I do, it's just trusting, like you always have to come back to your why your intention in the trust that you have in yourself, your intuition in the universe period. And that's like being in your feminine and being in true surrender mode. And that is not easy for me. I don't surrender. Right. I mean, I do, but it's hard. <laughs> it is it's hard. hard. It's like, shit. I haven't had a client in, you know, X amount of weeks, or I haven't made X amount of money, or I haven't, you know, done an email sequence. I haven't been on live. I haven't done this. I haven't done that. And then you start to beat yourself up and it, it does more harm than good. You have to give yourself grace. And like you said, like a lot of times we expect because of what we see that you start a business and it's going to be successful off the bat because of either prior experience at 
I don't know, another job or maybe even another business. Each iteration of who you are and how you present yourself professionally and in business is going to be different and it's going to have different experiences and different results. And again, I always come back to, I have to trust myself. I have to trust my intuition and I have to trust God. I have to trust, like I have no other choice. Sometimes that is literally my only choice is to just trust and surrender to the fact that I know I'm walking in my purpose and I know that what I do like changes lives. And I know that people need what it is that I offer in trusting that. Amen. Amen to that. And yeah, being in the masculine and feminine energy is something so tough, like you said, to find that, that dance between the two, because I'm sure also coming from that corporate background, you were rewarded for working more hours or hustling more Mm -hmm. or bringing on more clients. You know, it was all about numbers. Like I was in sales and we literally had a board on the screen throughout the office. That was like, how many calls has everyone booked? How many emails have you sent? How many opportunities are in the sales system? And that's like what was wired in my brain. So yeah, when Mm -hmm. you start your business, and you get, you think you're going to launch this like $10,000 course and it's like two people sign up and you're like, wait, what? I thought this was going to be a, <laughs> yeah. a smash hit. It was so easy at work. And it's like, yeah, that's the learning and the building blocks of entrepreneurship. But I think what's really important is that what you said, you own your gifts and you just keep going and trust that this dream wasn't put on your heart for no reason. Like mm. you weren't given this vision just to like throw it in the trash and keep walking. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's so meant to be a part of you. And I would also love to discuss the concept of money and spirituality, because I remember thinking making money is not spiritual or like it's more noble to be broke. And fortunately, I've I've been working on my money mindset. I know we're both in Troy Washington's WeFlow membership. Like we are, I feel like we're really going through some money stuff right now. And I'm curious, like what's your been, what has been your experience with making money and being spiritual and, and tying the two together? Oh my God. My money story is so wild. So, so wild. Um, because I, Grew up extremely poor, extremely poor. Um, Money was always a point of contention. Um, Again, having a single mother who worked really, really hard to make ends meet. Um, And, you know, situations where money and work were like the cause of her stress. So that, you know, that does something to the subconscious. And then I began working when I was 10 years old. I was babysitting. And by the time I was 14, I was working like a full-time job. And then when I, you know, by the time I was 18, I was in college, going to beauty school and working three jobs just to, just to get by. So Money was always this really weird, uh, it was like a struggle. Like the energy, money is an energy, wealth is an energy. And the energy that I associated with like physical money was stress, was hardship, was, you know, exhaustion. Um, You know, it was never good. And then, yeah, same with you, like, 
I would look at people and I still hear this from people in my family. Like, Oh, like that's nice. Like, Oh, wouldn't that be nice to be rich? Wouldn't that, you know what I mean? So that was always like a conversation. Like it was never something that was looked at as, as an aspiration I'll say. And so my money story started very early and it started off, I guess you could say on the wrong foot and then, um, you know, moving through my career and getting more into my spirituality and then getting to a point where I was making good money, like more money than I'd ever seen in my life from anybody, anybody. Cause again, everybody, I shouldn't say everybody, but people in my immediate family were all poor. So I was making really good money. And there was a sense of guilt around that. There was a sense of what did I do to deserve this? There was a sense of, you know, it's going to end anyway. So of course the subconscious mind is always going to be right. It's going to make itself right. So I would spend money. I would, you know what I mean? I would, I would make sure that I got rid of it because the energy associated with it was like bad quote unquote negative, all of these negative emotions and energy around it. And then within me, I felt like I didn't really deserve it or I felt bad. So, um, I, I am now (laughs) kind of really working on my money story and what does that look like? And then, like you said, going from, it again, it's like waves, right? You go from like, I want to make a ton of money. And then I went on this really deep spiritual journey and, you know, studying Buddhism and Taoism and the art of having nothing and realizing everything's inside of you and you don't need anything and minimalism and don't spend like, and so you're like, oh my God. So then, no, I can't, I can't want more money. Like that's bad. Like I can't, you know what I mean? And then coming coming out the other side of that and realizing like, wait, stop. Intention is everything. And my intention with this money that I am going to receive and that is already on its way to me is not that of, you know, uh, trying to show off or trying to prove myself better than the next person. It's that of this money is going to be a resource for me to grow what it is that I do so that other people can experience it, so that other people can grow, so that other people can heal, so that other people can, you know, get to where they want to get in this lifetime. And so my, my views have changed a lot. And I just recently, you know, have become okay. And I guess you could maybe even say neutral around having a lot of money because I, I can't look at somebody with money and who's rich or wealthy and think that they're a piece of shit because they have money and then expect to like for money to want to come into my space with that energy right it's like yep (laughs) uh repulsive almost right and also realizing when it comes to money And we talk about like manifesting and abundance and like abundance is our birthright, like period. We choose everything else. Just like power is our birthright, we choose everything else. But the thing about, you know, 
manifesting money and I heard somebody talk about this and it was really interesting is like, it doesn't matter how good of a person you are ever. Look at all the bad people that have money. (laughs) You know what I mean? And it's like, wait, why, why do they get to have money? And that's not to say that everybody with money is bad. That's not what I'm saying at all, but the difference is, is they believe, they believe that they deserve what they have. So then they have it. So it's not a function of, you know, being a good person or being a master manifester. You have to believe that you deserve it. And that's it. And so that's what I'm working on. Uh, literally <laughs> there's saying, my money story <laughs> oh my gosh so yeah. many things similar in my path not growing up necessarily but the messaging like you said of like living with nothing and minimalism and less is more and you know th- these messages that I don't necessarily think are wrong or anything but I remember in my yoga training my main instructor was like if you're in the business of yoga to make money, like you're in the wrong business. And so then I just was like, okay, then I'm going to be a broke yoga teacher and just be happy. And that's like, (laughs) shut my mouth and be quiet and be grateful for doing, you know, $5 donation classes out Mm -hmm. in the park. And that's amazing. And then my other yoga teacher said he lived in India with absolutely nothing. And he wanted to see, he almost did an experiment to see like how little he could live with. So then I was like, oh, wow. So if I want to be a respected person in the spiritual community, I need to like basically be broke and live with nothing. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is I heard Natalia Benson say this and it really shifted my perspective. She said, people think making money is selfish, but the most selfish I've been is when I'm in those tight struggles where I can't survive. Mm. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> that is so true. I'm the most selfish when I'm like scrambling to pay rent or like need to borrow money from somebody. I don't even care. You know, Hey, can you send me money? Like that's when I'm selfish. But when I'm in abundance and overflow, I am the most generous mm-hmm. person ever. And so like you said, it's an energy and an amplifier. So yeah, if you're in an asshole, you're going to be more of an asshole when you make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But if you're already a kind hearted, generous, loving person, that's going to just amplify. And I think people think that you want to attract money to just buy items and like ball out. And I'm like, no, are you kidding? I want to like start a foundation. I want to be yes. able to like take everyone on a birthday trip. I want to like take care of my parents. Like that's why I want more money. And it's, mm-hmm. it's not, and it seems so easy. Like, oh yeah, duh, that's, that makes sense. But when you come from that deep line of conditioning, like you said, all the way back to childhood and even ancestral trauma, it's like, oh yeah, whew, a lot to <laughs> yeah. uncover. Yeah, that's a whole, that's a, when I work, like I said, I use like past, present, future, um, techniques. And when we look at the past, we're looking way back, you know, like you said, the trauma that happens generationally in past lives, all that stuff makes up all of our stories, our money stories, our relationship stories, our purpose stories, all of that. So, yeah, it's a large, it's a large project to take on is start looking at your money mindset but I feel like it's one of those things that it will pay off in insane dividends once you actually start looking at it because I feel like now that I'm looking at it I'm like wow I feel like I'm going to make a bigger impact once I really get this you know false story out of my head I'll be able mm-hmm. to do what I want to do but that being said it's not easy it's not like a one no it's thing. not it is not it's been 
like I said, the past few years, it has been a journey with money and what it is like the energy that I have around money, how I'm, you know, cause currency is a current, it's a frequency and it's always moving towards you. Again, we're already abundant. Money is on the way. We have to choose to like repel it. <laughs> and so I had to look at all, what am I doing to repel money? Whether I was physically doing it by spending it on bullshit or my mindset or whatever that was. But yeah, it's been interesting and being being extremely mindful about actively wanting to change it. Because again, this is probably the first time that I'm taking actual steps. Again, being in my feminine and being able to receive help in that way, in the form of information, knowledge, um, all of those things around money, um, is something I'm not used to. Again, I would struggle with money and I'm like, well, I'll just figure it out on my own. It's fine. Like I've done it my whole life. You know what I mean? But being able to surrender and say like, Hey, I really want to learn more about this. I really want to, you know, get good with my money story so that again, I can be an overflow and I can help other people and more people. And then also this process doesn't just serve me. It's going to serve everybody that works with me because now I speak from a place of embodiment when it comes to my money story, as I do with everything else that I've been through in my life and all of the modalities help, you know, education, knowledge that I've gotten along the way. It's all coming from a place of pure embodiment that I had to utilize to help myself so that I can now help you, which I think is the most powerful, um, powerful place to, to be of service from. I 100% agree. I'm so glad you said this because mm -hmm. this is something I know a lot of people listening, maybe their first time is uh, they're about to invest in a coach or a course or something. Mm -hmm. And my biggest piece of advice is like, you need to make sure that they are embodied in their work. I don't care if they had a six figure month and have a 10 step system for this. Like if they are not walking the walk and talking the talk, I don't want to buy from them. And I know this is something that we learn along the way. Like I've definitely made some bad investments into courses mm -hmm. and coaching. And, you know, I look back and it's also important for us, people like you and I to stay in integrity. That's why I've never taught a wealth course because I haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> Once yeah, I do, exactly. I'll let you know what it's, I'll coming, let you know right yeah. now. Yeah. Me it's, and Vashti will report back with our own wealth yes. course in like a year. <laughs> Right. And that's the thing. I, I only speak from a place of embodiment because like you just said, I, I'm not going to talk to somebody that has never struggled a day in their life. I, that's not who I want to talk to because I don't feel like, like they, like you hear me, but you don't feel me. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's two different energies. And again, whatever I put out, I want to make sure that it's coming from an embodied place. And I, I, I'm not about like sitting in your trauma and making your trauma, your, your narrative. And we're going to like, for me at least, because again, I've been through it all and I could talk about it for days on end, but I want people to know that like, look, I, I talk the talk. I understand where you're coming from 99% of the time. And yeah, I think it is important to, to vet 
whoever it is that you're, you're going to invest money, time, and energy into, because I don't want to talk to, again, a business coach. I can talk about business because I've, I have ran multi-million dollar businesses with tons of employees. I know how to speak to that, but I see other coaches out there a lot of times, like they're like, I'm a business coach, but they've never ran a business. You know what I mean? So it's like being mindful of those things. And I'll say it like that. You know what I'm saying? When you're, when you're looking for somebody to, to work with. One, I don't know. I went on a little tangent there because again, it's very, uh, you got to do your due diligence to make sure that your investment is, is in alignment with what it is that you expect from the person you're paying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you said, don't be afraid to ask questions. Cause there's, there's a lot of business coaches out there. Like you said, I'm a business coach and it's like, you, you run a business, you know what a profit and loss statement is, you know, like I actually was having this conversation with one of my coaches. I was like, I think a lot of business coaches need to rebrand to like marketing coaches. Like they, yes. have, they are marketers, but they don't tell you how to like manage your money and, and actually look at a report and like build funnels and all these things that I'm like, that's, you guys are like marketing and copy coaches. You're not a business coach, but now I feel like I'm going on a tangent. <laughs> Anyways, it's I've, just one of those things that I think because you and I are so passionate about what we do and we embody and we say like we know what we know, we know what we don't know, and we understand, you know, the parts that, you know, things like trauma and privilege and race and sex play in a lot of people's, you know, success or you know, things like that. So I don't know. It's something that I'm passionate about too. So it's all good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so important. Like you said to, to teach from integrity, like I've had mm-hmm. people straight up DM me, like, I would love to work with you for business coaching. And I'm like, I'm not a business coach and I'm not going to yeah. make it up and Google things along the way and take your hard earned dollars just because I want to like put some money in the bank. Like I'm not going right. to lie and say, I can't, I, do I have a marketing background? A hundred percent. I can help you with that, but I'm not going to go out there and start calling myself a, you know, six figure business coach. If I've never made six figures or, <laughs> or really even figured out my own business. So yeah, right. it's a it's thing the embodiment piece. So I'm so glad we touched on that. And mm-hmm. I know we have a, a few minutes left. So I did want to ask, what are things that you are actively doing to work on your money mindset? Are there practices? Are there people you're investing in there? Is there like a book you're reading? I know people are going to want to hear. Yeah. So like you said, um, we're both working with Tori Washington. We're in her um, wealth embodiment flow program, which I'm super excited about. It actually starts what at three today. So, um, so excited about that. Um, Again, that's the biggest thing, allowing myself to receive um, information and guidance from from somebody who, again, has embodied their work and knows what they're talking about and has been through similar situations that I can relate to and that I that I trust. Um, I've been really having conversations with myself around when things come up around money and I get those somatic, you know, reactions in my body or those thoughts or these, those emotions that come up really sitting with them and asking why and seeing what it is that I can learn from it. Like what's causing this, what's triggering it. Um, and utilizing that as a, um, as a tool. Cause again, a lot of times I would just ignore it. Like whatever, you know what I mean? But Mm -hmm. because I'm so much more mindful 
And I, I know it's because, and I, I'm sure you feel the same way. And I, I'm going to say it. I, I know that a lot of money is, is on the way. Same for you. Money is on the way in the sooner that I rectify, you know, my money story and my trauma around money and what I want to do with that money and how I want to direct that money, the, the sooner it'll get here. And so again, for me, it's, you know, allowing yourself to be open to receiving guidance, whether that's a coach, whether that's a financial advisor, your parents, like whoever, you know, you kind of look up to from a, uh, I don't want to say a financial perspective, but like a money management perspective. Um, and then just noticing how you truly feel like actually feel in your body around money. You know what I mean? Does your chest get tight when you get that notification from your bank that a, you know, a bill just came out? Like, why is that? Um, do you feel like you need to like, do you get anxious and whatever, when you have money and you feel like you need to spend it? Why is that? And really like looking at how things show up for you. And then, um, trying to think if there's any books that I've read recently. I'm one of those people who reads like four books at a time and I'm not currently reading any books around money that I can think. No, I'm not reading any books to be hundred percent honest right now around money. Um, but a really good book when it comes to, um, just receiving anything really including money one of my favorites is ask and it is given by abraham hicks my friend and bought that yesterday oh it's so good it's um it's very esoteric but it's a really good book um to read if you're looking to get in into the mindset of realizing again that you are abundant everybody is abundant you are attracting all of these things to you and we actively have to like repel and push things away. So, um, yeah, I always suggest that book. Mm -hmm. Love that. Okay. That's been Mm -hmm. on my list and I've never actually picked it up. So that's good to hear that. That's one of your faves. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. And I love what you're saying too, about money is on the way. It's like, you know, it's going to come. It's now just working mm-hmm. through these energetics and, and receiving energy. So when it does come, you don't do the things you did in the past. Like the habit exactly. I have is like spending it. Like you said, I want to like yes. get it out of my hands. Like, Oh, I don't deserve this. So it's like, yeah, I can attract the money, but it's a whole different thing to like move it, keep it, circulate it. And that's yes. stuff that I'm really working on. And it's, it's not easy, but it's worth it. Yes. Like manifesting. Cause again, there's a lot of manifest stuff out there, coaches and books and, you know, things like that on manifesting and abundance and things like that. Like, that's amazing. Like, I love that. I love that it's becoming more uh, mainstream and people are really tapping into their, their power when it comes to that. But then it's like, when you get that, and when I say that it could be money, it could be the man or woman of your dreams. It could be your dream job. Then what? <laughs> you know, if the beliefs, cause we can attract and manifest anything, but if the beliefs and the subconscious and the, the, you know, stuff that we have in ourselves and in our, in our subconscious aren't in alignment with what it is that we asked for, then that's where we see, you know, stuff kind of go awry. 
Oh yeah. That's hold on. I'm about to have a coughing fit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, my throat chakra is like not ready to talk about money, I I guess. Um, (laughs) but yeah, it's like what you said. We all want more of it, but I always like to do this example with my clients is like, okay, let's say $50,000 deposited in your bank account tomorrow. Like, would you be freaking out? Like you said, with that body experience, would your chest and stomach get tight and drop? Or would you be like totally at ease and being like, yeah, of course. Like, I know exactly what I'm going to do with this money. I'm ready to circulate and move it. And it's like, most of us want to win the lottery, but we have no idea what we would do if we actually won the lottery. So it's right. like, we got to get, we got to prepare our mind, body, and soul for that receiving, which is yes. the work. So thank you so much for sharing those resources and, and what you're specifically working on. I would love to end with some quick fire questions. Are you down yeah. for that? Yes, 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 yes. Okay. What is your Zodiac, like your moon, sun, and rising? So I am a Pisces sun, Libra moon, Virgo rising. Ooh, I'm a Virgo rising as well. Yes. What about your human design? Oh my God. I like knew you were going to ask that. <laughs> Not like my, I wasn't like tapping into my psychic abilities, <laughs> but I like, I'm like, she's going to ask. Um, I am a gener- wait, generator with a sacral authority. And it's funny to say that because I think that's why I love Clubhouse so much. Because for me, I, I have to be, um, what's the word? what's the word like prompted or whatever to like yeah, wait. get what it is that I want to say out. Does yes. Yes. I know what you mean. There's like, I have to react. Yes. To yes. Yes. That's why it's hard for me to go on live or just like sit and talk about something. Like if we're asking questions, like I'm good. So yeah. With the sacral authority. I don't even know my authority and I'm asking the question. So I'm like, I need to go look at you know, what my unit is. I don't know if everybody has an authority. I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not, I love human design for myself as like a self-development tool. It's not something I use like in my business for my clients. I just, cause I don't know enough about it, but yeah, that's literally the only thing that I know about it though. Yeah, we're it seems like we're both with a sacral authority. <laughs> yeah, we're both like hobbyists. Like we got the chart, yes. we looked at it, and we followed the like cute graphics online, and that's what yes. I do. I'm like, okay, validating. Um, yes. who is your biggest inspiration? My mom. Oh, love it. And my daughter. Oh, what's your daughter's my mom name? And my daughter, Devin Estelle. Oh my gosh, beautiful. I saw her talking about what was it, natal charge or the zodiac the other oh, day? Yeah, she's yeah, she talks about reincarnation and the zodiac. Like if you literally talk to her and she'll be able to give you like your zodiac sign and what it means and your birthstone and what crystal you need to magnify that energy. Yeah, she's she, my mom and my daughter are like the best parts of me exemplified. So they're my inspiration to aspire to be, be like them because I feel like they're like the best parts of me. That is so beautiful. I'm like, mm-hmm. I was like ready to book a reading with her. I was like, does she know like how to <laughs> natal charts? <laughs> and she's eight, by the way. Oh she's my gosh. Child. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. She's going to go very far in life. Yeah. What, a, what about your favorite healing modality? Oh, that's a hard one, Chelsea. <laughs> oh, um, I'm going to have to go back to the OG Reiki. I'm a uh, level three Usui Holy Fire Reiki master. That was kind of my first. Um, 
I don't know, like certification journey. Like I'm yoga certified, past life regression therapist. Like I have a million certifications, but that was my first one um, that I invested like time and a lot of money and all that stuff into. So yeah, good old Reiki. Love her. Love it. (laughs) What about your favorite like guru or spiritual coach, someone that really is inspiring you in the industry? Oh, I really love Tori Washington. I resonate with her so much. Like I see, um, I see a lot of myself in her and I don't mean like I'm, what I mean by that is like, we share a lot of the same stories around, um, race and things like that. So yeah, I would say her love her. Same. I literally was like, I wonder if she's going to say Tori because you can tell Tori is like channeling God's message. Like she's Mm -hmm. not reading off a script, like using some coach's formula. Like she is divinely sharing her message. And it's like, that's, she's owning her gifts. And I think it's what we all aspire to do, like unapologetically owning them, receiving, and then giving back out into the world. She's really mastered Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Love her. What about your favorite brand, either in like the lifestyle or spiritual space? Oh my God. Oh, my favorite brand. I mean, besides yours, of course. Um, thank you. Yeah. Queen. Um, what's her name? Natalia Benson. I love her like aesthetic and her brand and her message as well. Again, probably because of money. She speaks, she's a money coach. So, um, yeah. Is that what you meant? I don't know. I like I bet, Well, actually, no, that's actually a b- better answer than what I was thinking. I was thinking like house of intuition or like, you know, all these wellness and spiritual brands, but I actually love that. I you don't said follow a lot, believe it or not. I don't follow like a lot of, um, a lot of that kind of stuff, if that makes sense. Um, I just feel like if I, I, I get too distracted. Does that make, like, if yeah. I follow all that stuff, I'm like, well, maybe I need to do like this. No, maybe I need to do, 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 do and I, I can't, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm similar. I'm very similar. But I love that you mm-hmm. said Natalia because her branding is so beautiful. I've been, like, just studying how she does her branding and because she makes it all so cohesive. Like, it's the same across her website, her, her course, like, everything. And yeah. I've been like, wow, she's just so good at keeping it cohesive and cute. And then my friend gave me a birthday present and she made it on Canva. And she was like, I was channeling Natalia's branding because it looks so similar to <laughs> Natalia. So it's funny that you said that because we like love her branding too. Um, yeah. So this podcast is called In My Non-Expert Opinion. So what is something you're not an expert in, but wish you were? <laughs> How much time do you have? Um <laughs> Oh, something that I'm not, I'll keep it to like kind of my realm. I wish that I was an expert at astrology. That's like one thing. Again, I know my sun, moon and rising. I know like a couple of, you know, other planetary placements, but I feel like astrology is like a guidebook to 
your life. And I actually, when I was a little kid, I wanted to be an astrophysicist when I was a little kid. Like I wanted to study planets and all that stuff. But um, yeah, I, I wish that I was an expert, like astrology reader. That'd be really cool. Maybe one day. Yeah, I'm like you're I feel like that's not far off for you. Like you could easily figure that out and yeah, get it going. But I I feel like we are on the same exact wavelength because astrology mm-hmm. is something that's always been in my radar. Like you said, I know the basics, but the other day I went to this like spiritualist camp for my birthday and got a reading and then they have a bookstore and I've never been drawn to like the astrology section and then all of a sudden I found myself being like do I want to learn about the signs or NATO charts or this and that. And I'm like, Chelsea, no, like stay focused on one thing to work. Yeah. <laughs> you're I'm yes, always learning I'm a million things. I'm like, Ooh, what's this modality? Like, and that, again, that's why I don't follow a lot of spiritual accounts. It's why I, I have to be mindful of like, okay, this is cool for me. Like I want to enjoy it as a tool for my own personal development. Like I don't need to like, go get certified in it and start offering it. You know what I mean? But right. yeah, I love, love, love astrology. I think it's an, it's an art form as much as it is a science. And I think it takes like a special person and a special, um, I don't know, energy to work with that energy. And um, yeah, I respect it so, so much. And I wish one day, one day, maybe. Yeah, one day. I feel like in a year you're gonna be like offering birth chart readings, book. I know. Be like Walter Mercado. Oh my gosh! Yes, that's so amazing. (laughs) Love it. So you have been very active on Clubhouse. So where can people find you there on your socials? How can people book with you? Tell us everything. Yeah. So you can find me on Clubhouse. My name on there is just my first name. So Vashti. So at Vashti, V-A-S-H-T-I. I host rooms on there all the time. Um, on Instagram, my handle is at Vashti Jolie, V-A-S-H-T-I-J-O-L-I. Um, my website is seventhcrownwellness.com. Um, I'm currently only offering my one service which is um, soul strategy, energetic transformation. Um, and if you go, the easiest thing to do is go to my Instagram, hit the little link tree thing. And it says like soul strategy, energetic transformation, click that and you can book there. Um, I'm not super active on Facebook or Twitter. It's mostly like Instagram and clubhouse for now. Perfect. Like you said, it works for your energy type, your personality. I love it. Just going all in with those platforms. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much com- for this conversation. We covered so much and I'm so grateful to have you mm-hmm. on today. I am so happy that, you know, I had the chance to share space with you and, um, yeah, I'm excited. I guess I'll see you what in an hour. Yeah, I'll see you for our wealth embodiment. You guys see me and Vashi are taking this very serious. We are like on the wealth embodiment (laughs) train. So we we will keep you updated. Maybe we need to regroup in six months when we're like rolling in our bankrolls and like we figured it out. Millionaires, we got it. We are offering our money course. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. We're gonna we're gonna have to do a part two and and update everybody on the money mindset journey. Yes, I would love that. I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on. You are so welcome. Thanks for having me. 
Wow. What a powerful conversation. If you are spiritual at all, if you're thinking of starting a business, if this conversation resonated with you, me and Vashti would love to hear your biggest takeaway and your feedback. So take a screenshot of the episode and upload it to your Instagram story and tag me at Chelsea Rife and Vashti seventh crown wellness, and let us know what your biggest takeaway was. I learned so much from Vashti and I got chills when she was talking about her brother and it turned 3.30 on the clock. I mean, if that wasn't him with us, I don't know what was. And I love when that happens because it just shows you that in the human world, we are always surrounded by support and spirituality. So I really hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, again, leave a review and I am happy to send you a guided meditation. Just make sure you screenshot it and send it to me and then we will be able to get you that guided meditation. All right, guys, that is it. I will see you next week. <music>